Okay, this afternoon I didn't know what to entitle the, today's message because we're talking about God's thoughts and our thoughts. One of the more popular of the scriptures in the book of Isaiah, 55th chapter, 7 through the 9th verse. It says, Let the wicked leave behind his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have compassion and his mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven is are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I was telling you, there's a lot of thoughts in imagination. It's sinful thoughts. A thought begins, a sin begins in the imagination with the thoughts of the mind. That's why it's so bad to daydream and think about things. And that's one of the reasons he destroyed the old world. It says because the thoughts and the imagination of man was continually evil. And it's derivative of what you allow into your mind. That's why you have to watch what you're watching on television. Watch what pe- people are talking to you. Watch what conversations you get in. Then, because your thought life is where the problem lies at. <clears throat> you need clean thoughts. You need to have clean thoughts. The book of Psalm, the 24th chapter, and the 4th verse says, Who shall ascend into the mountain of the Most High? Who will go into the kingdom of God? It says, He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to what is false, not sworn oaths deceitfully. This one may ascend into the holy hills and may stand in the holy place. Did not Jesus do that? That's what Jesus did, and that's why he ascended into heaven, and that would be the reason we would ascend into heaven because of the cleanliness of our heart. That's why he gives us a new heart. He don't want your old heart, change of heart. You need a new heart. You can't build from the old heart. He gives you a new heart, and he writes his laws upon that heart. He cleanses that heart. But the heart is the mind, the seed of knowledge, of understanding, whatever, the noose. And that's why it says, let that same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. So there's a renewing of the mind that must be a transformation of our thought processes. Verse 4 describes Christ's purity, his sinlessness, and now his holiness and that's the way he says there's a way that his ways are not like our ways and there's a way of holiness that's the way we have to live the book of mark the seventh chapter the 15th verse says there's nothing outside of a man such as foods or drink or which by going into him can defile him morally or spiritually But the things which come out of the heart of a man are what defile and dishonor him. That's what curses, deceit, envy, all of the things that corrupt us come from. It's within. That's within a man. That's why he gives us a new heart. Evil proceeds from within to without, but so does good. So that's why we have to be thoroughly good inside and outside. We have to live a clean life, a changed life. That's why it says, if we would turn from our ways, 
our thoughts, our thinking, what we dwell upon, what we meditate upon. It tells us to meditate upon the word of God day and night. Just as sin proceeds from within, so does righteousness. That's why we are born again. He imputes his righteousness to us. So he justifies us. He puts us in a state of being justified with God, sitting right standing with God, and then he imputes his righteousness within us. And as we do righteousness, increase in righteousness, a walk of faith helps us to increase in righteousness by pursuing holiness, pursuing peace, pursuing the ways of God. All of those are action verbs, something that we necessarily have to do. We can't just think about it intellectually that it's there. You have a knowledge, but you, that knowledge is not applicable or you don't have an understanding and you're not gaining wisdom. So faith without works is a dead faith. In Psalms 51 and 10, David pleads with God to create in him a clean heart. He says, create a clean heart within me because he understands that from a clean heart proceed clean thoughts and thus clean conduct that will glorify God. You change the way a man thinks, his thought processes, you can change the man. That's why it says the transformation by the transforming of the mind. Different ways of thinking because our thoughts are nothing like God's thoughts. Thus our ways are not like his ways because you act upon what you think upon. I, I tell you, sin begins with a thought. And it's from the desires that's within us. So that's why we think about winning money. I think about covetousness and the things that we lust after. It says, where does these wars and things come from? It's the desires within your memory, those sensual, uh, unpleasant, uh, irrational thoughts and things that you shouldn't be having, you shouldn't be thinking about it. They say a bird can uh, come light up on your head, but you don't have to let it land there, you know. You can't stop him from lighting the thoughts from passing through your mind. But we'll talk about it next when we get to chapter 55 about bringing into captivity those thoughts. God promises exactly this in Ezekiel about this clean heart. Ezekiel, the 36th chapter. 25th to the 26th verse. And it states, Then it would be as though this is the living Bible. We all know the... And I, I, we read from the King James. That's the standard. That That's the standard that we set. But we all know those. And I give you sometimes different versions because I want you to make a comparison of the two so I don't always read the King James but it's meaning that you should make a comparison of those. Okay? It says, Then it would be as though I had sprinkled clean water on you, for you will be clean. Your filthiness will be washed away. Your idol worship gone. And I will give you a new heart. And I will give you new and right desires and put a new spirit within you. I will take out your stony heart of sin and give you a new heart of love. And I will put my spirit within you so that you will obey my laws and do whatever I command you. But these are things that we have, we begin to practice here on earth. That is, will starts to be done. 
this is the purging of the sanctifying of the flesh. We have to put to death or mortify the deeds of this old body to where we don't yield ourselves unto unrighteousness. We shouldn't yield our members. We shouldn't yield our thought life, our eyes, or whatever it be unto sin. If one offends you, it's better to cut it off than to enter to let it all, the whole body be cast into hell. God's thoughts, he says, my thoughts are not like your thoughts. My ways are not like your ways. My thoughts are much higher than your thoughts. Psalms, the 92nd chapter, the 5th verse says, O Lord, how great are thine works, and thy thoughts are very deep, deep thoughts, meditative thoughts, plumbing the depths, the amplified adds, beyond man's understanding. His thoughts are beyond man's understanding. Job said he thought he knew, but after we plumb the depths and walk with God, and he starts that transferal process to where we begin to think as God think, that changing of the heart and the mind is that mind being us that's in Christ Jesus we have to crucify our way of thinking, our thought life we have to bring every thought into the captivity and obedience of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ God works and thoughts are worthy of our gratitude and that's why we're thankful for Christ Jesus and we want that mind he says let us all be of the same mind His creation is marvelous in its beauty, detail, and the usefulness of His creation. And His thoughts are deeper than any human being can comprehend. Walk up on the average human being and ask him, what are you thinking about? And God's thoughts are about mankind. It's like the woman that's getting married in, uh, in the beginning of, Genesis, it says, the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, was moved upon the earth and it brooded over the earth. So that woman, if she's in love with that man, she's thinking about him during that daytime. She's pregnant, she's thoughts of him. Whereas her thoughts and things are about marriage and family and the little baby that she's carrying in the womb or whatever, more than less likely the child is going to come out to look like that father. If the woman's actually really in love with that man, the baby's going to look like that parent, going to look like that, that, that father. Meditate. If we're, if we're married to Christ and our meditation and thoughts are up on him, we would we going to be in his image and it's going to be in his likeness. His image and his likeness. Not physically, but a spiritual image and character and likeness. As a lot of people say, well, man, you're just like your father or whatever. Not necessarily that you look like him, which you may, may do, but your spiritual characteristics, your demeanor, what, what that person, the essence of what that person or who that person is. You know, that's why if David did what he did and they said, don't do certain things or you'll be just worse as your father was. So if David committed adultery, his son's going to do what? He's going to do it twice as much as his son did. I mean, his father did it. That's why it says, 
and he's going to pass iniquity out. It's going to come from the fourth. It's going to visit the sins of the father upon the son until the fourth generation sometime. You have to break a generational curse or whatever. But if we meditate on his word day and night and our thoughts are upon him and the things of God, that's why our transferal will be. That's why I say don't sit up there and listen to those, that rap music all day. I don't care if it's country western or blues or whatever. It's if the lyrics are wrong. Uh, if you're watching the wrong thing on television and, and some people watch everything and I was talking to one of my sons last night. I went over to visit me and my wife and were visiting with the new grandbaby or whatever about the grandbaby and I was telling him about some of the some of the shows on television. It's the wrong ideals or ideology that is preaching or teaching the emphasis, the way they write the story. Was telling them why I'd stop watching Blue Bloods or whatever. They had passed their turn with me or whatever because there was this guy, Danny or whatever, the guy, detective name, that had turned against a friend in principle. And he used his friendship and he betrayed this guy. He turned on saying, that, that's teaching a wrong principle, you know. As the Bible says, a friend love it at all times. We don't have friends like we used to be. It's easy to befriend one another, either defriend. We're not friends. When people have on Facebook, they got a hundred friends or two or three hundred friends. You don't even know those people. They're not your friend. You have never met that somebody that you've seen on Facebook or something. It might be an associate, but they're not a friend. So when Jesus said, "I call you friends," there are certain friends that love and give. And used to be, you could have friends that would go to the mat for you, but now it's the friends that do you in. That's why Jesus asked Judas, he says, Whence comest thou, friend? I don't understand where you're coming from here, the motivation or whatever. Friends should have certain intentions or whatever. Uh, So God's thoughts are consistently for our betterment. He's always thinking ahead. Everything is complete. Just like with your children, you always should have good thoughts about your children, your spouse, anybody, your neighbor, that's the kind of thoughts you want to have. and That's where God's thoughts are for our betterment. He said, I know my thoughts and my plans and purposes for you. All of it are good. Do we always think good or do we devise and scheme evil? That's what it's, That's a natural inclination of man shaping an iniquity with the sins and thoughts. They don't always think he's good. If we consider the care in which he created the universe, we can catch a glimpse of the same care he employs in creating children in his family. If you watch the Discovery Channel or some of the channels and things about the animals and things in nature and the plants, there's a lot of thought that went into creation. A lot of thought that went into animals and the things of nature. If you follow some of these shows, they're very entertaining and you know that this is, it has an intelligent design behind all of these things. Yes. And then you think about spiritually, you say the Bible is correct. We could see where into introduction of sin where it could have changed the thoughts the instinct and everything and that God will change 
creation back to where the lion can lay down with the lamb. That all of that carnality and killing and all of the danger in creation, man brought that about. Sin brought that about. The depravity of nature. That's not the way God had thought about it. All this comes from Satan. This comes from a perversion because everything God saw what? It was good. He created everything good. But we've perverted it. So we think about, he says, the child is going to play on the aspis hole. That's one of the most poisonous snakes there are. No snakes won't kill or harm. He says, they shall neither hurt nor harm in my holy mountain. So there's going to be no death and no sin, no pain. None of these things because the characters will be fixed and fitted in. That which we practice here on earth, God's going to remove, as he was talking about in Ezekiel here, the capacity for us to sin. Because now we have practiced being the way God is and living the way God is, so our character becomes fixed and fitted in. He fixes in so there'll be no more crying, no more dying, no more death, no more of these, all these former things. It's going to be new. Uh, we see God's working here. So are we thinking along those lines? Uh, if those are not some of our thought processes, we may not be children of the kingdom yet, or we may not be thinking children. That's why Paul said that the Christians were yet carnal because they were fighting and striving and had division and showed him showed partiality. Matthew the 16th chapter, the 22nd to the 23rd verse. And Jesus told Peter that he was going to go away and die for the sins of the world. And Peter says, No, he took him aside and he said, He spoke to him. He says, Come here, let me tell you something. He says, Look, this is not going to happen to you. May God forbid it. This will never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me. Say, you are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Self-preservation. Your, your thought ways are coming to life here. That Your thoughts are wrong here. Peter believed that Jesus was the Messiah because he said, Thou art the Son of the living God. God, flesh and blood, didn't reveal that to Peter, though the Father had revealed that to Peter. But what was wrong here? Peter also disagreed how God would work out his purpose through Christ's life. You're not going to die that way. We're not going to let that happen to you. Well, that's in a disagreement with the way God had designed for this to happen. You thinking like an actual man here. What he objected to was his good friend having to go through a scourge and a painful and shameful crucifixion, which is a terrible way to die, especially because Jesus had did so much good and Jesus, Peter was with him those three years and he, he was ready to die for Jesus. That, that's his thought pattern, that that shouldn't happen to the Lord. But Jesus says you don't savor, you don't understand the way God has this program. You're not thinking as God would think. And, and so instead of him being sped up on and berated and dying such an infamous death there because that was a humiliation and a degradation for, even for the Messiah to die on a cross to be crucified. 
That was very something that was very noble to die upon a cross. That was a curse to anyone who hanging upon the tree. But he was going to be delivered to death by the determinate counsel of God to die at the hands of murderous men. Peter disagreed with what his Messiah said God's purpose was and how it would be worked out. So he lacked understanding. He lacked understanding and wisdom. We can relate to what Peter said. It really was a touching sentiment because he didn't want to see the Christ suffer the way that he would ultimately have to suffer. And Christ identified the source of what Peter was saying as Satan. Because he had just said that Jesus, you know, that Christ had talked to him, that God had revealed something, but it was the source. And all of us, we have that self-preservation, that pride. And he says, get thee behind me, Satan, for you don't savor the things of God. How did he isolate that and conclude it was from Satan? Well, for one thing, it followed the same pattern as Satan's temptation in the book of Matthew, the fourth chapter. Uh, Satan offered Jesus the Messiahship without suffering. Peter didn't want a suffering Messiah. That's why the Jews to this day reject Jesus as the Messiah because they didn't look for a suffering Messiah. But it was right there in the scriptures. They didn't understand the scriptures. But it was right there in the And so these three temptations was predicated on the fact of Satan knew the scriptures and everything, but he didn't want Jesus. He said that you shouldn't suffer. And so he said, just bow down to me and I give you all of the kings of this world. And you don't have to go through all this if you be the son of God. But Satan knew these things and he wanted to short stop that so he wouldn't do it the way God wanted it to be done. You remember in Jesus' humanity toward the end in Gethsemane when he says, if there is any other way, let this cup pass from me. But Jesus knew the scriptures. He says, nevertheless, thy will be done. So God had thought about this. A lot of people, why did he have to die on the cross? Well, why did Jesus... Don't ask why. It's in his word. Why? Now, we could ask God to give us understanding, yes. give us knowledge and wisdom to comprehend this. See, Job knew a lot, and he thought he had knew a lot, but he says, now I understand. Now I see. So what we need to do is start to be able to see things from God's perspective, from the way God perceives and understand things. So we need to get in accord or in harmony with God thinking his thoughts after him, thinking the way God thinks by the transforming and renewing of our mind. Uh, Satan tossed in front of Christ the temptation of, of assuming, achieving messiahship and rulership over the world without having to do what's required. And a lot of us love to skip through the line. A, a lot of us love to be acknowledged and don't have to go through rules and regulations. You you want to put something together, you don't want to follow the rules and regulations. Right. Nobody want to follow the rules and regulations. Well, those rules and regulations give you a consistent thought. It gives you character. And that's what God's Word does. It forms His character in us because 
All of his commandments are righteousness. That's what righteousness is. All of his commandments. So that's why way, the way we have to live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That's going to be the standard. You remember I told you that plumb line. All of us have to line up with that plumb line. Yeah. The Ten Commandments. That's the standard. Yeah. We all going to think that way. We all going to be of that one mind and Christ will see to it. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus, though, recognized it right away, and it was not God's will. And we have to say, nevertheless, God's will be done. Uh, Where does it say that in God's word? Isaiah, the 52nd chapter and the 53rd chapter, tell you about the suffering Messiahs and the things of God. But that's why we have to search the scriptures that I tell you. It's line up on line, here a little, there a little. So someone that's not studying the word of God but they, other people telling them, uh, they hear a little here from different religions and everything. And you got a patchwork religion. You don't have a relationship with God. You don't actually know Christ. You know of Christ. So you're going around doing good works. But they of you, they're not knowing Christ and being led through this walk of faith that you're not being led by the Spirit of God because what the Spirit tells one, he may not tell the other ones to do it the same way. But it could be according to his word. It's not going to contradict God's word. You understand what I'm saying? You have to have a personal relationship with God. So just because different churches and people feed the needed, that may not be your calling. So you can't say, didn't I feed the needy, didn't I cast out devils? Maybe that was your job. You was a prophet and that was your calling, was casting out devils. But it wasn't your job to feed the needy. You didn't have the money, the time, but you were proud and you loved it, the accolades. And as he said to Pharisee, you've received your reward because you did it to be acknowledged a scene of men. You wanted to say, oh, isn't that a great man? Listen to how he prayer. Listen to how he preacher. Do all these things. It was your pride that caused these things. See what I'm saying? You were thinking like man, so self-ambition. What other people think of you. We're not worried about what other people think of. We worry about what God thinks of us. So we doing things with it within what we're thinking is right instead of what God's saying is right. Uh, <clears throat> so a lot of of has met, met missed the mark, and that's what sin is missing the mark. Uh, when he spoke, Peter was not speaking God's words or thoughts regarding the Messiah. Instead, he was communicating what he would like to see occur, and sometimes we be build big buildings, we do a lot of things, but that's not necessarily what God wants us to do. We want to walk in our purpose, his vocation for our lives. Uh, Our thinking should be in line with his thinking. Paul tells us this, Philippians 4 and 8, it says, and now brothers, as I close this letter, let me say this one thing. This is the living version. It says, fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely 
and dwell on the fine good things in others. Think about all think about all you can praise God for and be glad about it. The King James says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So he's telling you what you should be thinking about. Don't think on somebody else's spouse. Don't think on how you can win the lottery or some scheme or idea. Think on these things. He's telling you what to think. This is what your thought life should consist of. The Amplified reads, Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them on your heart. That way you won't have evil imaginations. There won't be any wickedness. All those thoughts have to be bringing into thinking like that. But there are shows that will take your mind off that. There are games that will make you very competitive. There are things that will make you think all kinds of thoughts that's entering into your mind. That's what people want to control your mind, to have influence on you. You, you hear where some people are TikTok influencers, or they call them influencers now. In other words, their action and their ways influence other people. That's why they're saying keep our young children away from TikTok because they will cause them to curse, to be disrespectful, to do all manner of things. And I tell my daughter, and my wife was talking about it the other day, we really don't want the grandkids watching TikTok and we're not there to see what, it's very dangerous for them to be in those rooms with computers or phones that's able to be where somebody else can influence them. When our children leave home and as they grow or whatever, the relationship between father and son and daughter and mother changes. And that's why Jesus said your enemies will be those of your own household. Because now they're listening at their friends and everything and they think the parents don't love them. It's going to be, they go bring it to an adversarial thing because of what they're feeding them, the conversation the thoughts would they why are you thinking like that why would you even think that would happen Paul writes a charter for Christian thoughts we are to center our minds on these things not on pornography not on violence not on getting wealthy not on what we go eat then Jesus said think not what you go eat tomorrow or what you go put on because it breeds covetousness when you start watching these videos about a lot of killing and violence and everything, you remember I was telling you about the fast and the furious and all of that? Yeah. And we're having a horrible time here in Baton Rouge and New Orleans and everything with these drag races and this guy that killed his woman trying to get away because they had been in the hole and blocking the street up with drag races and all of this. 
all types of violence and things, there's a, 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 a internet full of misinformation and disinformation out there. It says knowledge shall increase. Along with that knowledge, also wrong knowledge has increased. So all this is after your mind. That's what Satan's trying to do. Change your mind or your thought life, your thought processes. Those things enter into your mind. Those are things of this world, and in this regard, our minds are such that we are like sheep. And that's why Christ calls us his sheep or whatever. Sheep are different from any other domesticated animal and no other domesticated animal can eat such a wide variety of different vegetables, herbs seemingly without very much damage. Certain things cows can eat. Certain diets, some animals eat certain things but some won't eat things that are poisonous. Uh, uh, Some animals know just what to eat and that's how a lot of the cave people or the people found out what to eat. They followed the animals or whatever. But sheep of all animals, it can eat just about anything. Um, Things that will kill a cow will not kill a sheep. In a similar way, we are capable of taking things into our mind that seemingly are not doing any damage at all, but they are definitely not providing the right kind of substance for the right kind of thinking. So that's why it says the poison eyes asp are under their tongue. Because he told his his disciples, he says, Listen at the Pharisees teaching, but don't do as they do. He says, For their doctrine contains leaven. That's why it's so dangerous to be a false prophet and listen at false teaching. That's why he tells you to know the word of God, pray to God and be prayed up and studied to show yourself approved because that's Satan's chief's, chief's weapon is that his ministers that's been transformed into charismatic leaders, they're into angels of light. And if possible, they'll deceive the very elect. So we sitting there listening at different doctrine. And I tell you, try the spirits to be whether they of God. But that's very dangerous to open yourself up because a lot of these churches you could be in for years and years and not realizing that this was a false prophet you was listening to. And false prophets not necessarily out there preaching all of these contradictory things. It may be just a little leaven in there. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. It don't take but a little bit of strychnine or poison to get rid of a person. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. So you beware and you have to be very careful because that thinking process. And that's where they get you, you know, you like they say Jim Jones or whatever, don't drink the Kool-Aid or whatever. Yeah. People start to influence you. You know what enchantment is? That's why, you know, I don't watch a lot of witchcraft and movies like that with vampires and people that put you in a trance of mesmerizer and all that because what there there's one lord of the vampires a lord of the rings a, a, a elvira a some witch a warlock or whatever it is but that's what they say charm you know a charm you yeah. a enchantress a seductress 
a temptress because it's their language, and that's what gets a lot of preachers, I mean a lot of people, that this guy can really talk. You know, Apollos, he was a good orator. A lot of people follow preachers, and they, God said that about Ezekiel. They love to hear you preach and talk with them, but they're not going to do what you're saying do. They're earthly, they're sensual, and they love the rhythm and the words and things, but they're not following it in their heart. Their heart's not there. So we have to be careful of people trying to affect our thought life. It's trying to persuade the way you're thinking. And if I can get you to think the way I'm thinking, that's where paranoia sets in. You become paranoid. You become a follower. You become following. These people are very knowledgeable in everything. And you actually think that they know what they're talking about or whatever. But the proof's in the pudding. So we have to be on the ground. We have to start coming to God for asking him to examine us and examine our thoughts. It becomes our responsibility then using the power of God's spirit, which when he anoints us to choose to think on things that are true, pure, noble, just, lovely, of good report, praiseworthy, and honor. Not much in mass media fits this description. Some new programs lie, and that's what uh, Fox has paid off multi-billion dollar lawsuit for this defamation. What was the voting, Dominion voting or whatever, because they had broadcast lies or whatever. Well, that's like Satan. He's out there broadcasting lies. Mass media, YouTube, Facebook, and all these things, it's disinformation because they know it's so hard for you to dig to find the truth. You remember I told you we have to seek and search for God. We have to continually seek. We have to continually search it. It is our choice, but that is the purpose for which God wants his Holy Spirit to be used. He says, try the spirits to see whether they be of God. It's by trial and error. And the Bereans didn't stop the people from preaching or teaching. But they went back and searched the scriptures to see whether those things be true. If we instead think about evil, we will act we will act evilly. We will become evil because actions follow thoughts. That's why if we lust in our heart, he says we've already committed adultery. It is as simple as that. Thoughts come from what our minds have been fed, and thus what our minds have been fed will determine how will we will react. Your children and people lay up there and watch these horror pictures and different things. No wonder you're having nightmares at night. No wonder you can't sleep. I remember my daughter was saying, well, she didn't want to watch this or whatever because she could be dreaming about this thing or whatever. One of my sons or whatever... He was playing a video game or something when he was very young or whatever. He kept playing them games or whatever. And one night he was at the icebox or something saying he was trying to get the little men out of the icebox or something or whatever. What it was, Mario or something he had been watching or whatever. But you shouldn't let your children feed up on this stuff consistently. And they get smarter and smarter. My granddaughter's three years old, but she know how to slide that iPad and that phone or whatever and do all these other things. And she, what, she don't 
talking about Valet and Nikki or something, or Peppa Pig, or they go have their series of things, but you have to watch what these cartoons and people and things are about and what's going on with them. Uh, what we think upon will determine our character and, and attitudes, our dispositions. All of these things is what a man think about is what you become. What's your thought life? What are you meditating? That's why God tells us to meditate in his word day and night. Uh, Satan tries to broadcast. Satan, First Peter 3.15. Now you remember we were talking about Peter was the one who said, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. So Peter knew about these things. It says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason for the hope is within you with meekness and fear. The Amplified reads, but in your hearts set Christ apart as holy, acknowledging him, giving him first place in your lives. As Lord, always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope and confident assurance elicited by faith that is within you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And I always tell people, I'm trying to look at this, this show. Can I bring Jesus into this show? And that thought in captivity, can I see the kingdom of God? Can I pull a lesson from this? While I'm watching my wife, children, anybody, they'll always see, tell you that I'm trying to show them some spiritual implications because if Jesus is not in it, I don't really want to be in it. If it's necromancer talking to the dead or whatever, I can't watch a vampire picture or whatever because that's the dead and it's talking to the dead. It's, you know, that's how you create people that are like you is that you have to suck their blood. Well, you tell me the life is in the blood. We shouldn't be sucking blood or eating anything with blood in it or whatever. But that's how they create one another. And that's where Saul messed up when he saw a median. Now, you had to kill all the medians. Now, you going back raising someone from the dead, that's necromancy. You can't speak to the dead. That's what Halloween and all whatever these nights is, this is about the dead. Leave the dead dead. The dead know nothing, Solomon says. It's not uh, sanctify means set apart. That's why it says bring every thought into the captivity and obedience of Jesus Christ. So bring, sort every thought through that of Jesus Christ. His, bring him into the situation and the conversation or whatever it is. It's going to root out everything else in it. Notice it says, submit yourself unto God, and then resist the devil, he'll flee. But first you have to be submitted to God. You first have to submit yourself unto God. It means, in this case, make God the focus of one's thoughts, of one's approach to life, of the circumstance that one's find himself in. Okay, so whenever I'm at, God has me there, so I've learned to be content with such that I have. Now, Paul said, if you're in slavery or anything else, you can exercise your, your way out of that if you can. Good. But let it be led by the Spirit of the Lord. That's why he brought Onesiphorus back. Remember, he was a slave to Philemon or whatever, but he brought him back and told him the right way. We don't see where Jesus, the apostles, addressed slavery in such a, a way or whatever. That's why it says, submit yourselves to the authorities that be. 
into governments and powers. It don't tell us to overthrow governments and things. The other day when Narcisse was talking about the bus drivers and everything that given them a $9,500 stipend last week. And the very next day they had a sick out. Okay, now you didn't gave a $10,000 payment to all of these people and it says there's other parties that's instigating and causing these problems or whatever. So maybe if they've then showed you a good faith payment of $10,000, wait and let's talk through this thing and going on. But it's always going to be rebel rousers of, of the mixed multitude that's trying to cause problems and get you thinking the wrong way. Do you notice that last two summers ago how the Black Lives Matter movement fizzled out because there were people that mixed themselves in with a good movement that caused the whole movement to fail. And then the leaders within that movement, they seen that they were taking millions of dollars and buying these other things. Why? Because of your thoughts. Man's thoughts are wicked and evil. So anything that man thinks of can be contaminated. There are good things that are going on out there in the world and happening. And a lot of people I hear talking against the Catholic Church is about the uh, philanthropy and the good things that they do, the soup kitchens, the giveaways, how much they help people or whatever. And I'm not one to speak uh, or get entangled in the world's affairs, but I think we have to watch why are we talking against a certain religious group of people? Is it because you're trying to rub some of them or proselytize some of their people over to you or whatever? So we're not here to bring somebody else down or whatever, but we have to say what are you trying to get me to thinking? See, that's what happened with Eve. Satan injected his thoughts in the way that she should say in making accusations against God, making her think God's holding out on us. God don't want the best for us. God said he know what his thoughts are for us and we should think like God. Don't let nobody influence you through telling you what to think. People will tell you, you can't tell me what to think. You can give me the option, but the apostles, when preaching, Paul said, you be fully persuaded in your own mind. So when you get to a point of decision, it says, with fear and trembling, work out your own salvation. Don't get to that point and don't know what you believe and don't have faith in it. He says, Peter says, be able to tell somebody of the faith and hope that you have in this religion. Don't realize that I'm Seventh-day Adventist, I'm Baptist, I'm Pentecostal, and you don't know why, you just join the movement. Like I say, anybody can join a movement that want to rebel against it, but are you fully persuaded? is this actually what you believe? Well, when I first came back to Baton I joined the Pentecostal church or whatever. Some of their beliefs and things, but after a while, the reason I left them is because, well, I... I still believe some of the things y'all believe, but some of these are untenable. This is not right. I was raised a Baptist, and I love the Baptists. I follow the Baptists. But some of the things that they preach, as 
Gerard Dees, a guy from the Seventh-day Adventist Church, was preaching one day or something. He says, you follow the scriptures. You follow the word of God, which leads you and guides you into all truth. Don't follow no church. You're a diehard Catholic. You're a diehard Muslim. You're a diehard Baptist, Methodist, or whatever. It's like saying, I'm a Republican or Democrat. It doesn't make any difference what political party you belong to. It's got bad Republicans and bad Democrats. It's got bad socialists or whatever. I'm of Christ. That's what Paul says. We are of Christ. Some said I was a Paul. I'm of Apollos and Cephas. You better make sure you know what you believe and be able to tell people of the hope of what's lying in you and what are you following. It's not this what Peter forgot to do in Matthew, the 16th chapter. Satan's disinformation was the focus of Peter's response to Jesus, not God's thoughts. It was Satan's disinformation. It's like a lot of people nowadays, you can't nobody tell you nothing. You're independent. You're so strong by yourself and everything. Or you know it all. And what somebody ain't going to... No, you have to suffer there in the end. Yeah. But then you belong to a denomination of things. No, God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. And you're supposed to be in prosperity. You can't buy this kind of car. you got to live this kind of life. you got to always think of the money. God might not want everybody to be rich. I don't think everybody could be rich in this life. There are going to be some that's poor. There are going to be some that God might not heal this person. I'm sure it was a lot of people Jesus left here to hear. The man at the gate of beautiful that Peter came along and healed. I'm sure Jesus passed that way, passed that guy before. You know, so we, we, we can't say that God wants all of us to drive Cadillacs. I might, you might not even like a Cadillac. I had a Cadillac before, and it ain't no difference than my daughter saying she loves a Lexus. Some people like Mercedes. My son swear by a GMC now. I got an old GMC. I like GMC. But some people got to have a Ford. But you have to stop your way of thinking. As God is in it, I just need a good car. I'm praying for a car, Lord. My thoughts, I need to think how he thinking. So not how the world gets us to thinking of what the world thinks we should have or be. If God's thoughts or words had really been sanctified in Peter's heart at that time, he never would have said what he said. So you never belittle anybody for what they're doing. The world but think what they want to think about you anyhow. I don't care what kind of car you driving, don't care what kind of clothes you wear, somebody will think bad about you or think differently. You might like blue or red or whatever. So what are the thoughts are? Is that, can we serve God? He would have said something like, yes, Jesus, I understand. Is that what Mary did? He said, she said, whatever he said, do, do it. Don't give him an argument. Let me get to that so I can close this off. I'm running out of time here. That's what scripture says, but instead he disagreed with God. And unless two agree, how can they walk together? So we have to be in perfect agreement with God to walk with him. When one sanctifies God in his heart, then the word of God becomes the focus, not the word of the spirit of this world. And the spirit of this world influences a many a person and takes a person in a lot of different ways up. And procrastinate, he don't have to close down with this one. Mind control, mind control.
Second Corinthians ten five. Not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labors, but having hope. When your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. This is talking about bringing the thoughts under control. The weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments in every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. I said a mouthful there. Let me see, can I come back and say Remember Paul says he chose not to use the wisdom of this world. He didn't come to him with the wisdom of this world. He preached the simplicity of Christ and him crucified. And see, the simple message of the cross and that Jesus Christ saves and faith in Christ, we're not looking for arguments and discussions and things. He said, these weapons can break down every proud argument against God and every wall that can be built to keep men from finding him. Because we must do what's necessary to find God, not some sophisticated way to some that somebody else tell us to do. Whether it's prayer or through simplicity that is in Christ Jesus, through some preaching, that's why I say maybe it's a Baptist preacher, maybe it's a Methodist preacher, Pentecostal preaching. It's the word of God. It's the power of the gospel to establish you. So we have different churches, different preachers, and we're called to certain places to be, the place of worship, the power of God. So he set us in different churches, and that preacher preaches the word of God. And that's why you don't have to be in some wealthy church with some doctor or somebody with some bishop or some high polluting title. You couldn't be back in some holiness or some small church or, or whatever. A group of two or three says where two or three are gathered together in my name. I'll be in the God in the midst of them. So you can overcome all of these structural teachings and preaching. Somebody said, I'm going to show you the deep things of God and all of these other things. And just what God tells you in simplicity, as Mr. Brown used to tell me, through horse sense or common sense of everyday living, you can be successful, fortunate, and do all that God has given you to do. That's what Paul did. He didn't have to have a mega church. Have you noticed that throughout the Bible it showed you Peter preaching to larger crowds than Paul did. On the day of Pentecost, it was, what, 3,000? And one other time, it was 5,000 and the thousands. But Paul was establishing the house churches. Paul went around and established more church, and he did more work than the rest of them. But it wasn't about numbers. And that's what people do today. They talk numbers and wisdom and all of these things, and I told you that they try to have younger people 
go back and, oh, that you're smarter than your parents. Somehow or another, you didn't got smarter than your parents. Your parents didn't raise you, put you through school, fed five or six kids, and raise you a loving family. But here you are. You didn't got a good job. You're getting thousands of dollars more than your parent could ever think of, or millions of dollars, or whatever it is. Now you think that you are more. You are you partial because you're driving a vehicle they're not driving, or you're living in a home or whatever. Your thoughts, when a man's thoughts are that high, beware you might fall. When a man thinking he's something, when he's nothing. You may be wearing a $40,000 shoe. You may be driving a half-million-dollar car. But just because I'm driving a loner or some egg beater, that doesn't mean anything when your thoughts begin to get escalated and make you a hardy thinking. He calls it hardy thinking. And pride go it before a fall. All of these thoughts and things, that's what happened to Satan. His mind became cloudy. So we have to have arguments and things. Why would I do this? In the simplest argument, sometimes it's the better to keep it simple. And that's why I want to preach the simplicity of the gospel. As Paul said, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand the way I should be, you should be living? Now, if it's anything else, God add on to those. You grow in grace and knowledge and understanding. But when a man thinking he's something when he is nothing, that's where the deception comes. Some people have higher thoughts than they should have. Some people think much more of themselves than they should have. He says... With these weapons, I can capture rebels and bring them back to God and change them into men whose heart's desire is obedience to Christ. I will use these weapons against every rebel who remains after I have first used them on, on you yourselves and you surrender to Christ. So I'm going to preach the gospel and bring myself into subjection. i got to make sure first that I have clean hands. I have a clean heart. And then the Spirit of God in me, the, the anointing breaks to you. But if you don't have the power of the Word, you don't have the power of the Spirit, you have nothing to bring me under control, to bring me into captivity, because the power of God with, lies within me. And if my thoughts are captive to Jesus Christ, this world can't make me lustful what's in the world, because... That's what what endangers me, the desires that are within my members. And if I have Christ, I have the hope in me. I have the eternal life in me. You can't tempt me with the things of the world. You can't tempt me to jump off or do anything else. How can I be tempted if Christ has given me peace, joy, and all that I need? I've learned to be content with such that I have. And he's going to be sure that I have a sufficiency and that I lack no good thing. So just because I don't have a thousand channels on my television 
don't mean that I'm ha not happy just watching reruns or watching the channels that I have here. Just because I don't have a laid out spread, you getting me to think outside of the box, whereas I want to think within Christ. I want him to capture my mind and keep my thought life within him. We'll talk about this more Sunday. Heavenly Father, as I 